0: You're listening to Kick It, Don't Quit It, a motivational, spiritual podcast seeking to spread love and grace. We are thankful you have tuned in. So without further ado, come kick it with the girls. Don't quit on the world.
1: This is Holly. Welcome to Kick It, Don't Quit It. And I am excited about our second episode on our podcast. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the season that I have just come out of, or I feel like I've just come out <laughs> of. So I have been um, going to church for uh, 16 years. So I've been on a lot of highs and lows and, and different things Recently, I've gone through menopause. Fun.
2: Oh, I'm so excited. Good times,
1: good times in my household. Um, and I have I went to my doctor to get medication. They put me on medication, and I the first thing I did, and since it was a mood-altering medication, I went to one of my <laughs> friends, and I said... <laughs> Listen, if I get different, if I get weird, you need to tell me because I do not want anything blocking the spirit. I don't want to be weird, so... Don't let me let my menopause block the spirit. <laughs> that is exactly the conversation I had. So, um, a couple months later, I'm like, I don't understand why. I I, I cannot muster a tear. <laughs> I'm, it's okay. I'm angry I'm, on everybody. I no, I, wasn't even, of us. I wasn't even angry. I was just like, just showing up. Aww. I was just showing up. So I, I called my friend and I'm like, listen, I don't know why I feel this way. And she said, are you still taking that medication? And I'm like, uh. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, And I'm like, yeah, I am. So. She said, maybe you need to talk to your doctor about not taking that anymore if you can. So I, I did, and I stopped taking it, and um, I started actually feeling better than I did before I started taking it. So now you can't
3: blame it on the menopause.
1: Now I can't blame it on the menopause, but what? But it has, it's changed me. Like, it made me realize how easy it is to throw myself into just a different season of my life, and now that I'm in this, like, mid part of my life and... I'm older now, and I'm going through all this stuff, it's, I've got to be intentional about how I treat my body, because Mm -hmm. I don't want it to block anything, you know, I want to be able to spiritually move. I'm so
3: thankful that you're older than me, so you can go (laughs) through all of the things in life, and then I can come to you, and I can get advice, and you know, I just, it just, Makes me really happy that you're older. Than me. Oh, I'm so glad I could
0: help. <laughs> That's so sweet of her. You and your precious 20 um, something year old self. <laughs> so, so I've so okay, so I've been in ministry for a long time. Um, my dad was a, a pastor, so I was a, a pre I was a PK, um, <laughs> a pre K, I was a PK my whole life. Um, and, you know, I've been. Been over, been over sisterhood for the last five years, been a Sunday school teacher, done Christmas plays, you know, just been involved. And um, my husband, my husband just started a ministry um, this past year um, called Not Alone and um, it's for people dealing with PTSD and dealing with depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts and all of those things. And so, um, this past six months, I have taken a back seat um, instead of being the person who's out front the person who's been out front I've been the person who's been in the back um I've been supporting him and I actually um prayed a few months ago and I was like I was driving to work and I was like God if this is the where you want me for the rest of my life if this is who I'm supposed to be that I am just supposed to be the supporting role I'm okay with that That's not who I've ever been, but I'm okay with being that. But I need to know that this is what you want for me for the rest of my life, that I'm just supposed to support my husband and support his ministry and let him thrive. And he said, this is just a season.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: He said, this is just a season. There are things I have for you, but I need you to get through this season. And, um wednesday night our pastor came and sat down beside me and he said how are you doing and i said um i'm okay i said i'm just just in (laughs) am and he's like he's like i know he said and you're coming out of it Mm. and i said okay and he said your voice has been silent for too long Mm. he said and it's time for your voice to be heard again and um he said the church thrives when your voice is heard and I was like, okay. And then I got to thinking, I was like, you know what? Our podcast, we are Friday. <laughs> this week, this same week, we are recording our first podcast. And um, and I was like, okay, God, I hear you, you know? And I'm not saying that this is the only thing that I'm supposed to do. But I do believe that this was set up for this season because I was coming out of a season of just surviving. Mm -hmm. Um, I was treading water. There were times where it wasn't even treading water. I was just waist deep in water and I was just, I was just surviving because my job was not to be the person who was standing out. My job was to be the person who was supporting. And there are times in our lives when we go through those seasons of just supporting but we have to know when it's time to come out of that and thrive instead of just survive
3: and Mm. truthfully erin i feel like most of my life it's been a season of just surviving um even as a christian um
1: say who you are my name is Megan. No, don't be weird. Just say who
0: you are. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, she is weird. This is Megan,
3: by the way, and I like to met Matt, but on a serious note, I feel like the majority of my life is, has been surviving, and, and you know, whenever I came to God and I started walking with Him, I, I was such a baby, obviously, but I, I had this epiphany that I wasn't ever going to have to just survive again, and, oh... Girl, was I wrong? Um, Coming out of a five-year-long wait of surviving, there was moments that I was on the mountaintop and in the valley. And when I say wait, I was waiting for the person that God was going to bring into my life. And... uh, I can hear a couple of those eye rows and sighs out there. <laughs> um, I know that doesn't seem, you know, very detrimental or, or hard, but but going through that, the ladies and men listening to this that that are going through that, they, they can understand that pain of of going to bed alone and, and sitting at the movies by yourself and, and dating yourself and watching everyone around you. Um, it's funny because one of the ladies that I go to church with, uh, Caitlin, I was in her wedding, and uh, her and her husband, Austin, were getting married, and I was just all smiles for her, and I was so excited, and I and I truly was, but um, I, I watched her, I saw her, and I took this picture of her and her husband, Austin. Both of them were on each side of the door, and they hadn't seen each other yet. Um, Austin was in his little suit and his little get-up, and his soon-to-be wife was in her dress, and her hair was just perfect. And I had this moment where this pain struck me in my heart, and so I, I couldn't let either of them see it because this was their day. It wasn't about me. It was about them. So I run to the bathroom, and I just burst into tears, and I just said, God, am I always going to be a bridesmaid? Um I bet God was shaking his head at me then, Holly. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I I blinked. Him and me both. (laughs) (laughs) I I blinked in this five-year-long, never-ending wait. It was over all of a sudden. And then it felt like those those waits and that surviving season wasn't as bad as what I felt like it was, Holly.
1: I remember the you sitting at my house and sitting on the couch <laughs> and watching TV and um, my husband and I would, we would, we play bicker, you know, it isn't a real bicker, but we'll just play back and forth and tease each other. And you would say, oh, I can't wait to fight with my husband that I don't have yet. And, you know, we knew mm-hmm. that God was preparing him for mm-hmm. you. We just didn't know who he was yet and he mm-hmm. was going to come. Yeah. We just had to be patient and 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 then when it happened it was it was a blessing to us all
2: um is a voice you won't hear very often um i am aaron's son that's weird saying it like that um we're gonna change what was gonna happen for this episode we'll get back to your regular regularly scheduled program soon enough um we just got word that um my mom's grandma passed away Oh, so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> one of the big things about this podcast that they really want to convey is real life, um, and we're gonna we're gonna walk what we preach. And so, for the next four mom- few moments, I think it would be fitting um, to just pray over the situation. This episode is about surviving seasons, so this is definitely gonna be a season she's gonna have to survive and just go through each day, day over. over. So. We're just going to take a second and pray on on air, on recording, um, and then we'll get right back to the conversations. So, God, yeah, thank you for. Lord, I just we thank you for the time, the moments and the opportunities
1: that you brought us all together. It is not it's not a mistake, it's not a coincidence that sister Erin got this news when she was surrounded by her church family, by her loved ones, by people that can lift her up and pray for her. God, you are good all the time, even in the valleys. God, for every mountain that you brought us over, and every valley that Lord, you've seen us touch us, you've been God. good. God, I just pray that you just touch her. I pray you touch the family. I pray that you comfort them. And God, I just I just want you to touch her right now. Lord, we know you are so good in all the time that you are good. God, we just pray that you touch Sister Erin in her mind and help her to
2: navigate through these difficulties situation. Lord, we, believe you for Jesus. We, we bind together for Jesus. around her in love in and unity in Jesus name.
0: Jesus. Amen. Amen.
3: Amen. I guess uh, survival seasons don't stop do they Erin? No
0: they don't and um, I'm grateful that I was actually here with friends and family <laughs> when I got the news. It's it's not we knew it was coming um, my grandmother's been ho- been on hospice for a couple weeks now, so um, it's not not news that I didn't expect. Um, but even expected news can hurt. Yes. Um, and it's okay. you know, I know where my grandmother is going. I know where um, that she loved the Lord and that, that she's made heaven her home. Um, she's now in heaven with my, my, my grandfather and my Aunt Mary Jo, who went before. Um, so she's seeing her daughter. She hasn't seen it in a long time, and there's a party going on. Um, but for those of us who are left here, it's still a sad moment seeing saying goodbye. Um, will you let Daniel know? Um, so, I mean, but we're talking about seasons of survival and surviving seasons and um unfortunately and in, in life there's there's life there's birth there's grandbabies and babies that are born um but then on the other side of that there's as long as as the good lord tarries um there's death um and as soon as we're born we're already dying. It's um, a sad way to look at it. But, I mean, it's the truth. We only have so many days that are numbered to us. And that's why we have to live each and every one of those days. As if it's our last. And I know the world taints that. And they they say, you know, do what you have. You know, live how you want to live. You'll because, low. yes. You um, only live once. Only live once and, and they taint that so much when we as Christians actually know what that truly means and that is to
1: live
0: live you only live (laughs) once and to live your life in a way that glorifies God and brings anybody that you see closer to that Um, People's, the way that people act the way that people talk the way that people respond should change because of you being there, um, I've seen that in my workplace. I've had times where the guys will be. I mean, my my job and the people I work with are are, are go to church and are Christians, and, but not all of them uphold the same standards. That I would say that I I uphold. Um, there are things that I I don't say things that I don't do because of my walk with Christ. Um and there are, are things that happen in my office that are different than what happened throughout the rest of the office because of my convictions and the fact that the people that I love, that I work with love me, um and and see how I live and wanna be respectful of that. Um and so I I, I pride myself in that and that people do tend to to watch what they say when they're around me.
3: I love how how beautiful that sounded, Erin. Um, just moments from hearing that your grandmother passed, you just you sound so beautiful in in the beginning stage of a season that's going to open up a survival and for me, Erin, um, I regretfully and vulnerably say my seasons of survival normally aren't so beautiful and I admire that about you. I'm not so graceful. Um, I have a lot of moments where I, I throw the
1: tantrum to God in the prayer closet.
3: Well,
0: why you know, me? I, I, have, I have quite a few more years <laughs> yes, on
1: you. Yes and and then I also I've
0: I've been there, you know, um, not but just a, a month or so ago i'm driving in my car and i had an argument with my husband that morning and i'm telling god i'm not wrong i'm not wrong (laughs) you know that what he said and what he did that was not the right way to do it you know that he's wrong in his thinking process you know that and god's like
1: you apologize you apologize
0: (laughs) he's like you need to apologize
1: and I'm like, but I didn't do anything wrong, God. Tell me how this is my fault. And that's
0: exactly what I said. I was like, in the words of Holly, tell me how this is my fault. <laughs> and he's like, you didn't respond correctly either.
3: So, Holly, I'm going to ask you a question if you don't mind. I like, I enjoy picking y'all's brains. Um, as y'all are older than me, I get to learn from y'all. i are going to have to
0: mute her <laughs> mic every time yeah. she says y'all are older than me.
1: Hey, <laughs> so you're only going to be able to say that for so long before you cross the threshold of both. I know, but, I know. Uh, yes, but
3: but. for now, <laughs> for now, Holly, who's older than me, um, what what would you say to your younger self going through a season of survival? What would you tell her? Is there something you've learned in your your now self that you would tell your younger self, hey, you don't have to handle things that way, or here's a tool that you can use. What, what would you share with your younger self or even me, someone my age at 20? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, that's a good question. This is what I would tell my younger self. God didn't take them from you. He received them.
2: hmm Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: And so when I've lost people, I lost my brother when he was 33 years old to a heroin overdose. Mm. And I've lost my grandmother. I've lost other people in my family. My dad's passed. And there's been times where I've said, you know, Lord, why did you take them from me? Why did you take them from us? We weren't ready to let them go. What did did I do? You know, what did we do? Why, Why are why was their life cut short which is (laughs) kind of you know you get in that Mm -hmm. mindset that that god is punishing you or something but that isn't it at all he is receiving them to glory wow you know and 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 i'm not the judge i mean who knows where Mm -hmm. people go when they die you know because i don't know the answer to that question I've been asked whether I think they go straight to heaven or yeah. you know, if they're asleep or, you know, or what Judgment Day is going to look like, I, and, and I don't really know. Yeah. I have what I think, but I don't really know the answer. But I know that the Lord will receive them, yes. and that's where we're meant to be, is with Him. The reason yes. we were created was because He wanted us with Him. Wow. And so when we pass away, I know that, that He is just, He's bringing us back to Him. And that's why he did all that he did here on earth is so that the veil could be torn so that we could be back with him and he was willing to sacrifice everything so that we could be with him so if i was going to and and i love the question if i was going to talk to my younger self it's not about you losing them it's not about me taking them from you it's about Mm -hmm. me receiving them back into glory
3: that is so deep Erin when you hear that How does that make you feel As you just lost your grandmother Just moments ago How, how does that make you feel
0: Well I mean I, I know that You know I know I wish I could go back So I lost my I lost my My grandpa My grandmother's husband When I was 11 I lost my granddad When I was 13 um, And he was like Another dad. Like, he was really close. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could go back to my 13-year-old mm-hmm. self
2: mm-hmm. and tell
0: her
1: some things. Um, Boy, I got some stuff to tell myself, yeah. too. And uh, <laughs>
0: especially during that time, because I really did, like, I really did blame God. And not to where it, like, took me away from my faith, but I was angry at God yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, which? Yeah, because I, I remember... When he was sick and in the hospital, being at church and laying on the floor and just begging him not to take my grandma, my grandfather, mm-hmm. and telling God, I need him more than you do. Mm-hmm. You don't need another person in heaven, and I need him here on earth. Mm-hmm. And then um, I struggled really hard. Like I had, I allowed the enemy into my life, and I allowed him into my head. Um, during that time and I had a couple of dreams um, that were not good dreams that made me very sad and very scared um, to where my mother was scared put me into a depression um, and that kind of thing and it was just because instead of realizing that um, he didn't take him from me he received him Mm -hmm. as Holly said he received him in heaven and you know now at the age I am now and I guess since everybody else is told their age, I will be forty five in September. Yes, I'm old, as my husband says. I'm old. He is not <laughs> far behind me. He turns forty in January. Now all the world knows it. Um anyway, so uh um so at I this see you age, smiling yeah at this age I can I can I can accept and I understand that she was suffering
2: mm. you know
0: um, she's she's been at home but she's been bedbound yeah. even before she went hospice she the last 6 months she's not been able to get around she's been mainly either chair or bedbound um Life is just not... That's not living. Mm-mm. That's not... And with my granddad, it was the same way. Um, he had had uh, a pig valve. No, he had the mechanical valve put in his heart because hit one of his valves wasn't, wasn't working. It was too congested or whatever, and so it had to be replaced. And then they'd found out that he had... I think it was pancreatic cancer... He was dealing with blood loss, I mean he was dealing with all this stuff, and then he was in the hospital and he was in i c u and he was hooked up to all this stuff before he passed. but as a teenager, I couldn't see that i couldn't I couldn't look past my own needs to see that his need was to go his his body needed to let go and um I wish, as a teenager, I would have had that presence of mind to be, to understand that it wasn't about what I needed. Um, it was about what he needed. And
3: So it sounds so. to me like a season of survival for your grandparents ended yeah. and life began. Um, but in our minds, it's hard to fathom that I'll never hear that voice. No. I'll never get that hug. I'll never smell that smell again. So
1: this is... Okay, so this is a conversation that I've had recently Mm -hmm. um, about death because, you know, we've had some deaths in uh, our church and family here lately. So I was telling my husband, when I die, I do not want a go-rest-high-on-the-mountain sad sack funeral... (laughs) where everybody is bawling and squalling you're not allowed to do that (laughs) so i want it to be fun i need you to tell every goofy story because it's not about me it's about y'all and i don't want to be remembered sadly i want to be remembered as the goofy you know one-liner person that i am so you know, like stories about where I pulled my skirt down with my heel in front of three hundred people when I was getting up to pray, and you know, good times, that, good times. Yeah, good times. That really happened. Well, I don't know if it was good times for them, <laughs> but I want people to remember, you know, stuff, funny stuff that I said, or you know, um, the good times they had with me, or whatever the case may be. I want it to be fun. And please do not come with no food. Make sure that you come with snacks. Okay. Um, well, I told you I get to
3: go before you, Holly, so you'll have to tell Erin. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys will be in charge of, of my going away. Okay.
2: Well, oh, I've balloons. got pictures
1: already and oh, Snapchats that have been gosh. saved that
3: will be played at your funeral. Please tell me it's not the ones with the toilet. <laughs>
1: You will be gone, so you won't even know. I
3: guess it's fair game. Um.
1: <laughs> just, just so, so our podcast
0: family understands and knows, Megan is notorious oh, for gosh. sending Snapchats while she's on the crapper. <laughs>
1: Are we allowed to say that? (laughs) We did. Okay. It's out there. It's out there. And she thinks
0: nobody knows that's where she is, but everybody knows.
1: We can't tell where you work, or you might not work there anymore. So, to recover
3: the spirituality, however you say spirituality, the spiritualness, let's make that a word, y'all, um, of this. Um, oh, no, I'm not done talking about you. <laughs> uh, to pose that question that I asked Aaron and Holly, if you could tell your younger self, um, how to
1: survive something. Like survive
3: it. in that season. If I could go back and tell thirteen-year-old Megan, um, I would tell her to cling to what is good. Um, most of my life, when I was surviving, I clinged to the things that were only going to hurt me further, um, and not help me further. So anymore. let me
1: ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what you would tell your younger self. Yeah. But in five years, you experience a loss. And I remind you what you said. Mm Hey, Megan, you said you would tell yourself to remember what is good when you're having a hard time remembering what is good. To cling to what is good. To cling to what is good. Okay. So what happens if you don't want to hear that? Because there's been times that I've spoke to people and they've said, Hey, when this happens, if something like this happens, I need you to be my I need you to sharpen my saw, I need you to tell me. And then when I do they get mad. So how do you navigate something like that? Well I again I, I just
3: think that I think that we make a lot of poor decisions out of emotion. And so although I might not feel like clinging to good, in order for me to survive, I might have to just do it anyway.
0: And I think sometimes you've got to tell people things they don't want to hear, um, because even though they may walk away angry, it's when it's when that anger starts to fade that they start to, that they remember what you said. Mm-hmm. and understand it and it, and take it in. That's just like when I was telling God how awful my husband was. <laughs> um, while he's in the room today. While, while, he's, while he's in the room, because he can hear this. It's not <laughs> like he hasn't heard this story 40 times already. Um, even though when I was telling God how horrible my husband was, and then God's like, um, you need, your, you need to look at your. You need to look at yourself. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. Tell me how this is my fault. I was angry. I was not happy that God wasn't just being my amen corner at that moment. That's what I expected. That's what I wanted. I wanted him to say, "You're right. Your husband was completely wrong in that. I'm going to strike him for it." Um, because that's what I
1: wanted. I that's what I wanted. We I wanted use Scripture as weapons. Yes, don't we? I wanted.
0: I wanted yeah. him to to give me. To, to say you're right, you're, you, were, you were in the right. I, that's what I wanted. I wanted God to tell me that. Isn't it um, crazy
3: how it's not always about being right?
0: And and that was not what he said, you know? Um, because in all aspects, I can only change me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I can pray all I want to. God changed Daniel. God change Daniel. God change Daniel. And God's like, I will. But not because you told me to. I'll change Daniel because Daniel wants to change. Because Daniel wants to be different. The only person that you can affect is yourself. And And so I can pray all I want to for God to change Daniel. But... I won't recognize
1: the changes in Daniel until God changes me. That's a really good point. Thank I you. had, so my husband is real mild mannered and sweet. He is uh, soft-spoken, and he's nothing like me. He's an angel. (laughs) He is an angel. So, but his spiritual walk looks a lot different than mine, and it is infuriating sometimes because I, my expectation is that he does things like me. Mm. I mean, because you know, I'm so right all the time, and (laughs) um, (laughs) so you know, he's he's just different. worships differently and so i looked at that as he was being spiritually sluggish and slow Mm. and he wasn't he was coming to church but he really wasn't doing what god wants him to do like who am i to to judge him that way and so i was getting aggravated over this and i was telling sarah our pastor's wife and she says why does his worship and his walk with the Lord have to look like yours. That's not mm. fair. And I'm like, um, okay, thy rod and thy staff. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, sometimes we argue in King James Version. No. <laughs> thou, smite, thou smite him for not bringing me coffee.
2: <laughs> he, he brews. So, yeah, he brews. <laughs>
1: uh, Baloney one and one. So... Um, he, So I, I started looking at him differently. Like, okay, so he's not doing this and he's not doing that, but he's doing this and he's doing that. And it doesn't look like me, but it doesn't make it wrong. It just makes it different. And so and I stopped holding him accountable to this imaginary, um, you know, standard that didn't even exist. And I think
0: it's hard sometimes... For Especially for husbands and wives To see the changes In our other half Because we live with them And so it's a daily We see them daily And and it's a whole lot easier For people who are outside of the home Who see them Weekly or bi-weekly To see the changes That they're making um, Than it is for Somebody who's seeing them daily because we just it's it's just a constant yeah. thing and so I've had people come up to me and say, I've really seen a change in your husband and I'm like, Yeah And then when I think about it, I'm like, there is a real change. There has been a real change. But it sometimes it takes somebody else pointing it out to me for me to see it. Because I'm with him every day. And I tend to focus on the things I want him to fix. Mm
1: -hmm. And not see the things he's already fixed. Do you know what spiritually smacks me? I... (laughs) So, I expect him to see the change that I make that next day. I'm like, I turned a leaf. Why aren't you noticing? But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't notice it in him for weeks and weeks at a time The change. And then he says something about it and I'm like, well, I, I didn't notice. Sorry. And that is so mean. And, you know, and I say this mm-hmm. about myself cause that's really what's happened. But now I'm, I mean, I, I have to change this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and recognizing it is the first thing. So
3: over here in my corner, me, Megan, <laughs> um, <laughs> I see my husband, and I see this huge change all the time. Like, he's just constantly reaching this new height. And, like, he, he he got this revelation the other day about something in his walk. And I thought to myself, I was on year five
0: <laughs> when
3: I got that. And so sometimes, Holly and Aaron and mm-hmm. anyone else, uh, I almost beat myself up because i feel like i'm growing slower the efforts there the dedication the desire but i notice it more so in him than myself and so sometimes i i will look at my spouse's walk and i'll pick my own self apart why aren't you going from mountain to mountain
1: well it's like the it's like the thief on the cross mm. he was saved yeah Jesus saved him right before he died. Mm. He spent his whole life in, in, I mean, he was dying on the cross yeah. for a sin, a crime committed. Jesus saved him right before he died. Yeah. And that would be like, hey, I've lived my whole life. And he says, depart from me, worker of iniquity, yeah. for I never knew you. So it's not longevity. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's our heart and so maybe it took you a little longer for your heart to soften and be malleable it may not have taken him as long i mean he's just he's called the 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 harder the journey the higher the calling his journey just looks different than yours but it doesn't make his calling any lower or higher it just makes it different yeah
3: that's a good point i i guess that's why god Says, let me do the judging and you guys stay in your lane. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I, I think I think when it comes to that, we think that he's talking about judging in saying, oh, well, your sin is worse than mine. Mm-hmm. But there are times when we judge the growth of our our Christian counterpart, whether it be our husbands, our wives, just another person <laughs> in the church. I'm
1: having a
2: hot
0: flash. <laughs> Her menopause is kicking in. Um, and so, but I mean, I think we judge them by whether they're growing as quick as we think they should or, um, or quicker than we think they should. I mean, how many times have we walked into church and somebody will be getting a blessing and we think, well, I've been in church for 10 years and they've only been in church for two years. Why is God blessing them with that when he hasn't blessed me with it? Have you yeah. ever
1: seen the? Um, there's an exercise that I used to do because uh, you know when I teach in the faith-based rehabilitation center here, um, sometimes there's a an exercise that I'll do and I'll give somebody a glass of water and fill it all the way up to the top, and while I'm teaching, I'm having them walk the perimeter of the sanctuary or the classroom or whatever, and I and my instruction is don't spill it, and they're like okay, so the whole time they're watching this glass. And they're walking around. And I stop them after, you know, four or five rounds around. And, and I ask them, Did you spill it? And they were like, No, I don't think I spilled it, or, or maybe just a drop. And I ask them, Why didn't you spill it? And they said, Well, I never took my eyes off of it. I watched it so I could keep my hands steady and, and watch where I was walking. And I said, Okay. What would happen if you take your eyes off it and you look ahead? But don't look at the glass. Just look ahead. Don't look in front of your feet. Just look, look in the front. So they did it, and they would spill. They would, you know, shake a little bit or run into something and, and shake the, the water, and, and they would spill more of it. And the reason why is because they took their eyes off of what was important, Mm-hmm. They tried to look ahead. They tried to look other places. When they took their eyes off the glass, they took their eyes off of where they were walking, and they got distracted, they started to spill what was in them, what was in the glass. And that's what happens to us sometimes. We get distracted. We get, we get the blinders off. We start noticing what people are doing, who's getting the blessing and who isn't. Who's here, who's sitting in my seat, the songs that are being played, um, Who said what to who? We start getting caught up in gossip or this, this kid's running wild. Why don't those parents do anything about them? <laughs> Not naming any names. <laughs> you know, things like that. And we, we take our eyes off of the spirit that we're trying to keep in, 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 in our container. And guess what happens. We start taking our eyes off the prize, and we start messing up. Mm-hmm. We start getting distracted. We start getting our mind wandering, and if we can keep—and that's why Peter started to sink. He took his eyes off of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So we got to keep our eyes on that glass of water mm-hmm. as we're walking.
3: I love the indicators that you you listed to us. You know, you start noticing the little annoyances, whereas at one point you didn't. Because you were so focused on the prize, Jesus. it didn't matter.
1: We call it mouse poop. I know that's really disgusting. That but is so spiritual. Like, um, whenever we were, <laughs> we were doing the Sunday school play. Like me and in our pastor's wife. We literally got into a yelling match in the sanctuary and I walked out and I was quitting church forever. Oh my I'm goodness. like, I'm never coming back to this place again. <laughs> and I got in my car and I took off and I went to, I went to Sonic and I got me something to drink. And I'm like, I am, <sighs> I am really an idiot. <laughs> so I turn around and I go back and I realize that we're putting on a church Christmas play. With a bunch of kids. And this is not a Broadway production. Yes, it is. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) and we were worrying over little bitty tiny things that did not matter that were as big as mouse poop. And so we started just, we would randomly yell out mouse poop. We were like, oh my gosh, what about this? And I'd be like, mouse poop, doesn't matter. (laughs) And you know what? The parents came. The play happened, kids forgot their lines, the props weren't perfect, we had scenes that weren't right, and the parents loved it. And the church loved it and we glorified God in it, and it wasn't about the mouse poop. It was about the Lord. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean there are so many times in our life if we would just yell mouse poop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We would mouse poop we we would have so many less arguments with our spouse. We would have so many less arguments with our kids. We would have so many less arguments with coworkers and people in our church if we would just mouse poop. It's just it's just mouse poop. Does it is it going to keep me from heaven?
1: I'm not quitting church
0: over mouse poop. Yeah. Is it going to keep me from he- is this one thing going to keep me from heaven? is this one thing going to end our relationship? Is this
1: one thing going to, I mean, is this one thing, does it matter that much? But guess what happens when you start paying attention to mouse poop and it starts piling up? It becomes diseased. It becomes Mm -hmm. toxic. So we've got to make sure that we're not focusing on those things, but we're sweeping those things out. We're cleaning the... We're We're having
0: the difficult conversations that we have to have. To be able
1: to make sure that we are keeping our heart clean. Absolutely, Brene Brown. She uh, authored a book called Dare to Lead, and it was remarkable because she really talks about getting into the arena and having brave conversations. Because we are not growing if we're not having brave conversations. Those that's it's a kindness. have a hard conversation with somebody it is unkind not to it's unkind for me to have an expectation of you that you don't know for me to think that you're gonna meet my expectation and you don't even know what it is that's not doing you any good and that's setting you up for failure but so I've got to tell you how hell what you're saying what you're doing is making me feel and let's work through it because guess what I would rather have a 10-minute conversation with you that's difficult and brave than to not go to heaven with you. Amen. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, is there are a lot of 10-minute conversations that have not been had yeah. that have caused people to leave church hurt that may never walk through another church door. Yeah. And it was, all it would have taken is a 10-minute conversation to say, hey, instead of going behind the person's back and talking negative about them to somebody else, to just come up and say, hey, I've noticed a few things happening and I'm worried.
1: Yeah, you're going down the wrong track and I love you and I'm and s- here.
0: But so many times instead of having that conversation, it's a conversation that's had between that the, the person who's seeing these things and somebody else. And then it becomes this big thing and then it gets back to the person that that conversation should have been had with. And then they get hurt. I mean, the same thing happened. The reason I'm at Salvation Ministries is because of that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. When me and my, my ex split up, there was a lot of stuff that happened. Um, And I was not the best person I could be at that time. There were things that I did and things that I said that... I shouldn't have. Um, I should not have been the way I was. I'm not saying that our relationship would have been okay and would have fixed itself if I hadn't done the things I did because I don't think so. Um, But there were people who went behind my back and said things about me that weren't true and it got back to me. And at that point it was a snowball because there was 10 or 15 people involved instead of just two people
1: yeah.
0: involved. Um, and so I come to Salvation Ministries with a big load of church hurt. Um, and I came into Salvation Ministries with the thought that I was not going to be involved. Yeah. Um, because I didn't want that again. I didn't want a family I didn't want a church family I wanted to go to church I wanted to have my salvation And know where I was going That I was going to heaven But I didn't want to be connected Because I was so hurt Because there wasn't that 10 minute conversation
1: Well and let's be clear Putting a rant on Facebook And airing how you feel And just leaving out the name That is not a conversation No It's hurtful and, and, and it's not fruitful. No. You're never going to get any fruit off that vine. So, I mean, and, and being in a church family does not make you exempt from being hurt. It doesn't make you exempt from being involved with people that are going to say something nasty to you. It's not, mm-hmm. It doesn't take you out of the element of, of people doing dumb stuff because yeah. people do dumb stuff.
0: Well, a family period. I mean, church family. Uh, For example, um, we had our, so I have three kids whose birthdays are in May. So we always do one big birthday party. And then half the family has somebody who's, so now I have a daughter-in-law whose birthday is the first of June. I have a almost daughter-in-law whose birthday is in May. That's another added May birthday. And so we just do a big party. Mm -hmm. And every year from the time my second son was born and we had two birthdays um, in May, uh, my son's, my oldest and youngest son are May 30th and May 31st. Um, And so we've we've always sang happy birthday at for every person. So we sing happy birthday all the way through, put their name at the end, stop, go again, sing happy birthday again. <laughs> My kids have gotten to where they are super not into it anymore. But it's way we've always done it, and it's the way I want it done because I'm the mom and I have that say. Well this go year. I'm all oh no, right. <laughs> this year is my was my oldest son's 21st birthday and this is the last time we plan on having a big birthday for him because he will be married next year and that's his wife's job now um to throw him a birthday party mom is
1: no longer involved in that and so... He's just now finding this out.
0: I am. <laughs> he is, his wife is in charge next year. Um, and so this year, I went. To, we went to sing Happy Birthday, and they were like, can we just do it once? I don't want to do it 15 times for everybody's birthday. And then my sister chimed in, and she was putting her two cents in, and I was like, fine, forget it. One birth, One Happy Birthday song. So we sang Happy Birthday, and we said... Shelton, Lance, Caitlin, Becca, Alexis. We even threw Ethan and Caitlin in there. because Ethan and Kennedy because they hadn't had a birthday party either. And so we have all these people. And so all their names, happy birthday to you. And I walked off after singing it. And I just needed a minute because I was mad. But they didn't stop being my family. Right. Because I got mad at them. And so many times with church, we get mad and we walk off and we cut that part of our family off.
3: Well, I think we always try to protect ourselves from hurt, but that's not our job. Mm -hmm. Never has been. Mm -mm. It's God's job to protect us and expose us to the things that are going to help us uh, be cultivated and to grow um, and something else I'd like to add to the content that you and Holly have put out is a lot of times you'll notice emotions such as anger in a situation because deep down that person has some type of care for you. And so if you make me angry or if you don't make me angry and you say something offensive, it's because I don't care. But if you say something to me that strikes a chord with me and you pull emotion out of me, it's because I love you and I care about you. Um, and, and a tool I've really tried to work on here lately is, is when someone makes me angry, they, they offend me. They, they're out of line. Let's say they're in the wrong and I was in the right. Sorry about that. Uh, no. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's say they had a human moment and they dropped the ball or, you know, whatever the case is, let's say I'm overreacting and I know it in my head and they were doing it for my good. What I try to do in my mind as I'm hearing them speak and I'm angry or I'm sitting and I'm thinking on it after the conversation has ended, I always remind myself I love them. And as those, I, I, I notice as those harsh thoughts, those harsh tones in my heart and mind towards that person, start to soften, as I remember the time that they were this, or they helped with this, or, or maybe I don't have history with this person. Maybe I look at them and I say, God, you created them, and and I don't, I don't want to come off as sounding too spiritual because I have over, I have overreacted. I have responded. In ways that, that God does not approve or instruct. But now, this present me, I really make a lot of effort to, to think about what that person means to me. And more importantly, what they mean to God.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Because I think that, I know, I don't think I know, it's scriptural. You don't mess with God's child. No. Whether, and it, if, that, if his child stumbles and makes a mistake and is loose with their mouth and they act out of emotion, that gives me no Right. To to cut them down because I'm talking to God's child, and so again, not to come off as overly spiritual, but I, I've I've experienced a lot of hurt in my life. I don't know about you too, but I've I've had things said to me. I've had judgment. Even now in this present moment of my life, I've gotten it from people I called friend, and I have to remind myself they're human. God came down into earth robed in flesh as Jesus, and he bled for them. So who
1: am I to extend that person hatred? Who am I? Well, honestly, I mean, I've, I have had that conversation with myself before, but it hasn't made me feel any better. I'm, and, and I'm just being real. I will tell you, though, what has worked for me is I've had to ask myself have I built a relationship with this person because if you tell me something harsh or it Megan or if Aaron tells me something harsh I can take it you know why because I know you love me you know why mm-hmm. because I built a relationship with you but if sister Susie Q or if Okay, we have somebody named Sister Susie, so not that person. So <laughs> make up another name. Sister um, Paulina. Sister Paulina. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we don't have one of those. Um, so Sister Paulina says something um, off, uh, off to me. She walks by and gives me a dirty look, or she says, "Oh my gosh, you're gaining weight," or whatever, <laughs> and I get offended. Or I get, or she she gets on to one of my kids. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you messing with one of my kids now. Mm-hmm. And, and it causes a rift. Yeah. I'm less likely to extend forgiveness, grace, mercy to her. And I'm going to stay in a fence longer because I don't know her. Who yeah. is she to treat me that way? I haven't built a relationship with her. Now, if you get on to one of my kids, I'm like, girl, you need to get on to them. You know, get in there and and (laughs) do your thing. But if Sister Paulina does it, (laughs) uh, no way. She ain't treating one of my kids that way. I, I don't have the grace. So I ask myself, have I given her a chance? Have I built a relationship with her? Why am I so upset about this? And it's probably because I don't know her. I haven't spent any time with her. Nine times out of ten, if I haven't spent time with someone, I'm easily offend, more easily offended by them. Well, and a tool that
3: I've actually um, taken out of your tool belt is somebody that I'm not, I'm not, I don't have that relationship with. I don't have that foundation with where we can go through a hard time and survive it. Um, that Sister Paulina, so to <laughs> Poor speak. Poor Sister Paulina. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... Uh, You've actually told me this in some of my earlier seasons. I was I was actually frustrated with a sister in our church, and I came to you about the things that she was doing to me. And, and again, we're real life on here, right? No judgment, right? And um, no
1: judgment, but no names. No, there you <laughs> to go. protect the innocent. Yes, yes, yes. But you, not so innocent. This yeah.
3: person was rude to me several times. But this person had come to you in confidence about difficulties that they were going through. And so you didn't expose that to me. But what you told me, Holly, was that person's going through some things. And I think what you're getting from them has nothing to do with you. So that sparked a thought with me. When people who are just blatantly rude for no reason, and I don't know you, and you have no reason to talk to me that way or speak to me that way, or I've been nothing but kind to you in our few moments together, now I think, what's going on in their life that I don't know about Mm -hmm. that is causing them to act that way? Because I don't really believe people wake up thinking, I want to hurt as many people as possible, and I want to be madder than Satan himself, I don't think people enjoy that emotion, that Mm -hmm. stronghold, that heart posture. I don't believe that. And so I like to think now when someone who is blatantly rude to me, I try my best. I don't always succeed, but I do make effort in my mind to think maybe they're going through something. And maybe Mm -hmm. what's happening in this conversation or that look I got Maybe it has nothing to do with me. Right. And I would rather believe the best in someone, so I can get that same thought, that same extension. Um, I don't want to believe the worst in people. I want to believe in hope. I want to believe in the best in people because you guys have done it for me. Amen. I love it.
0: And I mean, we have to we have to be careful who we we who we allow to speak into our lives. Yeah. Um, so there are times when people can come up and say things to you, but you just have to let it roll off because, like Um, you said, you don't know exactly what they're going through. Um, like, like Sister Holly said, if, if you, Sister Holly or you, Megan, Sister Megan, come to me and tell me something, I know you're telling me out of love. If they're not somebody that's put into my life or I've put into their life, um, They can say something, but I have to understand that they don't know who I am.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, they don't, they don't know that. I don't know what they're going through, but they also don't know who I am and what I'm going through or what I've gone through. So to, to try to tell me who I am, that's not for you yet until you get to know me and know who I am. You, you can't, you can't tell me who I am. Unless, you know, unless it's, you know, that, you know, God God is speaking through them, then, but even with that, I have to stop and say, I'm going to meditate on that. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put that over here in this little box and I'm going to talk to God and see if he's telling me the same thing. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for confirmation from somebody I actually know knows me and loves me um, before I accept that as word
1: uh, you literally just read my mind so one of the things that I've learned in business because I'm an uh, I'm an inside sales manager for um, for a company and um, and so I, I I've been meetings a lot and and I'm you know, working with people a lot, I have a lot of conversations, and one of the things that I've learned is timing. Timing is everything, especially when you are sewing into someone's life, um, and or you're delivering really hard feedback. There's been times where I've worked 10 hours, nine hours, 12 hours, maybe I haven't had a break for a long time and I'm tired. I cannot go into a conversation When I am tired, hungry, when I'm not my best self. That's not fair to that person. So I have to put a pin in it. I've got to sleep on it. I've got to rest. I have a responsibility to the person that I'm meeting with, that I'm sewing into, that I'm delivering that feedback to. Responsibility to them to show up 100% my best self. And so if I have to table it for right now and then come back tomorrow, I never let anybody go from a position I never make a career choice. I never I never have a conversation that's difficult or it's gonna impact someone unless I know that I'm not hungry. <laughs> I'm not hangry. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not I'm rested. I'm feeling a hundred percent my best self because right. I owe it to you as your sister, I owe it to that person that's my employee, I owe it to the people that I report to to make sure that I'm coming in there. You know wholeheartedly, right? So, the feedback
3: that I've heard from myself, Aaron, and Holly something that I noticed the common denominator between us was I- I'm hearing that we care,
1: yeah, we care
3: about how we make people feel, and and we didn't come into this world being like that, um, but by God and having Him in our life, um, and so I just I, I love that, guys. And so I think we're going to wrap up this episode and leave you with that thought. Um, when we link up with God, we start to care. And we have to care before we make that action. And we try to, mm-hmm. to do the thing that, that God wants us to do. As, as elementary as that sounds, it's life-changing. And um, we're just going to leave you with that right there. That's, that's some, mm-hmm. some heavy content and something you can marinate on until next time. And uh, God bless you guys. We love you. Be blessed. Be blessed.